your Bibles, I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 this morning. That's the main scripture text that we're going to look at today. And the title of this message is The Thermostat of Hope. The Thermostat of Hope. And that'll make sense here in just a little bit. And as I said during our prayer time this morning, uh, the scripture that keeps coming up is kind of the scripture for today is Proverbs 13 verse 12 where it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. And so what I believe that the Holy Spirit's going to do here today is, is going to teach all of us how to keep our hearts from getting sick when hope is deferred. Because hope is always in the future. Faith is now, hope is in the future. And so and how to keep that from happening so that when the desire does come, it's a tree of life. I mean, we hold on for that hope to come to pass. And, and this is all going to make sense, but I'm going to have to connect some dots as we go along here, okay? So we're going to look at several uh, scriptures. And like I said, the main text is going to be 1 Corinthians chapter 2. But if you're following along with me, and I'm gonna, that's the only scriptures that I'm not going to put up on the big screen, okay? So the rest of the scriptures I am going to put up on the screen so that you can write them down, take notes. I'll send these notes to you. There's several in the church that I send these notes to through the week so that they can study it out for themselves. But before we get started, let's pray, okay? Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for this word today. I know it's going to help, help all of us and uh, to show us how faith works, how faith and hope work together. And so, God, I'm just praying for your anointing to be here. I pray your anointing upon me to teach. Holy Spirit, we know that you're the teacher. Lord, I pray that you give me utterance up here. Um, help me to be the teacher this morning. Holy Spirit, teach through me to your people. And so that we can see this in the Word of God so that it helps us in our everyday lives. And so, God, I thank you and praise you that the Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit is the teacher. The Holy Spirit is going to impart wisdom, revelation, and knowledge where we need it in this situation, God, and we give you all the praise and all the glory for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. All right. First scripture that we're going to look at is Romans 12, verses 1 through 2. And I'm reading all these out of the New King James Version. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. This is the Apostle Paul talking to the Roman church. Verse 2 he says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Everybody say transformed. And you, you, you're transformed by the renewing of your mind, your mind being your soul, which is your, your mind, will, and emotions, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So there's two things that we can be as Christians. You can be a thermometer or a thermostat. And every one of us in here wants to be a thermostat. Look at somebody say, you need to be a thermostat. Okay, a thermometer reflects the environment, whereas a thermostat affects the environment. A thermometer tells you how hot or how cold it is. A thermostat shapes how hot or how cold it is. So followers of Jesus, we can either be instruments, we can either be two, either one of these instruments, but what God wants us to do is he wants us to be a thermostat. He wants us to be able to go into this world and affect it. Not reflect it, but affect it. And how that happens is by being transformed by the renewing of your mind according to the word of God. 
And everybody said amen. So we got to know that right off the bat. Just kind of building some foundational things as we get along here. And this, this thermostat illustration is going to be coming here in just a second. It's going to explain a lot of things. All right, Hebrews 11, verse 1. And if you've been around church any length of time, you've probably heard these scriptures that I'm already, you've probably heard Romans 12, 1 through 2. You, you've probably heard this one. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I'll say it again. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. So faith is now, hope is in the future. Hope, you're hoping for something. See that? Okay. It is the evidence of things not seen. So here's the deal. Hope is a partner to faith. Okay? Hope and faith. And there's, the Apostle Paul even said, now abideth faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Okay? So there's even that faith. There's that threefold chord, faith, hope, and love. So love is supreme because God is love. But faith and hope have got to work together. Okay? Now, I'm going to explain what, what the difference between faith and hope as we go along here. So hope, whatever you're hoping for, that's the goal setter. That's where you're setting your goal. I'm hoping for this to happen, so I'm setting this goal. I'm hoping to be out of debt. I'm hoping to, uh, to be healed. So that's your goal. Amen? Everybody see that? But, you, but hope has to have something working with it, and that's faith. Okay, so faith and hope work together. So what do we hope for? It's very important that you're hoping for the right things. You hope for this. We hope for the things that God has given to us, and that the things that he has given to us is in his word, and those are his promises. If you're a son and daughter of the Most High God, those promises are yours. But you gotta, you got to appropriate them or you get them working in your life by faith. If you just say, well, God, you know, God, God can do it if he wants to. No, he needs you in the equation with your faith working with him. Or that word, that promise is just going to sit there and collect dust until you start working your faith with it. All right, 2 Peter 1, verses 2 through 3 says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us, there it is, he's given it to us, all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. God has given us everything in his word of God, in the word of God, the promises so that we can live a holy and righteous life in the here and now. Not until we, not until we get to heaven, but right now. He's given it here now and in the future. Everybody see that? Okay. So something that you can start praying over yourself is, God, help me to grow in my grace and my knowledge of who you are and who you are in me. Amen. That's something Jade and I started the the weather's, you know, thank God for fall. <laughs> Bring it on. You know, I'm like, next week I can't wait for the 70s. Uh, I'm really a 50s to 60s man. That's where I'm at. Um, that tells you how fluffy I am, all right? <laughs> um, that's the kind of weather I like. And so we've started walking in the mornings. Jada's been cracking the whip on me and so honey, we got to start walking. And so when we walk, we, we have this little, about a mile and a half little tour that we do down by Foss Lake at Buffalo Bend Campground. And as we're walking, we pray. And one of the things that we pray is for our church family, and this is one of the scriptures that we pray over you guys, that every one of you are growing in, in grace, you're growing in that peace is being multiplied to you, you're growing in your knowledge of God and who you are in him and who he is in you. We're praying that over you. 
as your pastors. Amen? And, uh, and that's a good thing for you to pray over yourself and over your family as well. Now, there's somebody in Scripture that is in the Old Testament, and the Apostle Paul mentions him in Romans, Romans chapter 4, and it's Abraham. And in Romans chapter 4, verses 17 through 18, it says this. It says, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Now, I want you to get a hold of this. This was a prophetic word that God had spoken over Abraham, right? Okay, now he is past childbearing age. Now, let me tell you something. There's no hope. In the natural, there is no hope. You know, it's easy to believe and have hope when you can kind of see, I can see that this might happen. This is a situation where there is no hope. Abraham and Sarah was like, no way, Jose, that, we're, that God promised this, and now he's telling us we're going to have a child. Okay? So I just want you to get that, that. This was a prophetic word that was spoken over them. I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who he, whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead. Now listen to this. This is how much Abraham believed God. And he calls things which do not exist as though they did. You know, we all love that scripture. Call those things that are not as though they were. Now listen to this. This is how, this is how Abraham believed. Who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And at the age of 100, he became a daddy. Because he believed against hope. There was no natural hope, but he knew he had this. So I'm telling you this, guys. The word of God is the final authority in every situation. Your doctor report is not the final authority. There's, it's, it's, it amazes me how many people put their faith and trust in a doctor. And, uh, and thank God for doctors. Thank God for medicine. I'm not saying don't go to the doctor and don't take medicine. We need to do all that. But what I'm saying is the final authority, if the doctor comes in and says, you got six months to live, that's not the final report. God's got the final report. So... So people that have no hope, if you're here today and you have no hope, go to the word of God and get supernatural hope like Abraham did. And that's what he hung on to. He had a supernatural word from God, even though that when God spoke this word to him, it, it should have happened then, and Abraham thought, should happen right now, you know, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it happen. You know, y'all know all that story with Hagar and all that stuff. Okay, we don't get into all that. That's a big old soap opera in the Old Testament right there. And, and it didn't happen, and he was trying to make it happen because it wasn't happening on his timetable, and now he's beyond hope. And he finally decided, you know what? God spoke this word, and contrary to hope, natural hope, I'm going to believe in hope, and I'm going to put my hope in God's word. And so God's word is supernatural hope, and everybody said amen. Now I'm going to break this down. I'm going to go to something that Jesus taught us, in the Gospels, we're going to look at two different Gospels. We're going to go to Mark chapter 4, and we're going to go to Luke chapter 13. And I'm going to show you how Jesus, Jesus was really good. He's a, he was a, an awesome Bible teacher because he knew the Word, right? He was the Word, right? Okay, that's a joke. <laughs> he was the Word, and he, was, he, he knew how to teach people. He broke this down so people could understand it. And in Mark chapter 4, this is the parable of the, uh, the growing seed, and then we're going to look at the parable of the mustard seed. And this is how he breaks it down, and I want you to, and then we're going to, I'm going to read what Jesus said, and then we're going to, I'm going to bring the spiritual into it. 
Mark chapter 4, verses 26 through 29, Jesus says this. He said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how, for the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. We're all like, yep, that's right, Jesus. That's how you plant a garden. You put the, put the seed in the soil, and you take care of it. You water it, you weed it, and all this. And, and then all of a sudden, one day you walk out there, and it's, it's growing, the blade, and then the head, and then after that, the full grain in the head. And then not before long, before long, you're gathering okra, right? I mean, I want some okra in my life, by the way. <laughs> if you got a garden, bring it to me. I accept offerings of okra in Jesus' name. All right, Luke chapter 13. I'm going to go to Luke chapter 13. This is where he kind of shares the same kingdom principle again with the parable of the mustard seed. It says, then he said, what is the kingdom of God like, and to what shall I compare it? It is like a mustard seed which a man took and put in his garden, and it grew and became a large tree, and the birds of the air nested in its branches. So both of these stories, these parables, Jesus is teaching us how the kingdom of God operates in this earth. So he's taking something very natural and showing you everything in the spirit happens just like in the natural because God created it all. Everybody said? Okay, now stay with me. So what Jesus is saying here and what he was teaching the people during his day and what he's teaching us, us this morning is Jesus said our hearts are the production center. Your spirit man, your inner man, your heart is the production center. Our hearts are the soil, and we must sow God's word into our hearts by speaking the word of God over ourselves and over our situations and circumstances that we face in life. We make a serious mistake when we totally separate the natural from the spiritual. God's word is spiritual, but it works like a natural seed, and the heart of man is spiritual, but it works just like the natural soil. Everybody see that? Okay, everybody tracking? Job 22, verse 28 says, You will also declare a thing, and it will be established for you, so light will shine on your ways. God wants you to declare the word of God over your life, over your children, over your circumstances, situations, over everything that you're involved in. That's what God wants you to declare, the positive things. He don't want you to declare, well, it's never going to happen. You know, it didn't happen for my parents, so it's not going to happen for me. No. You, you set the goal, you break the curses, you start speaking the blessings. And everybody said, amen. Okay. So what I want you to do this morning, I want, you, I want you to think about, is I want you to check up on the goal that you're setting and the seed that you're sowing. Because Galatians 6, 7 says, whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. The good, the bad, the ugly, indifferent, all that. That's the way the kingdom of God works. Very simple. So now we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. But before we go there, we're going to go to Proverbs 20, verse 27. It says, The spirit of a man is the, is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. So the human spirit is the light bulb that God uses to enlighten you. Now, we're going to go to a revelation that Paul had. The Apostle Paul, and this is in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and we're going to look at the whole chapter, okay? Everybody still with me? Everybody getting this? Everybody understanding it? 
First Corinthians, not here, but he's like, nope, Pastor Norman, no, I'm ready for you to connect the dots. All right, First Corinthians chapter 2. First Corinthians chapter 2, and this is where Paul, Paul had a re- revelation of the, the inner man, the spirit, your heart. The, and what we just read about Jesus, Jesus was saying, your heart is the production center. This is where it all happens at, okay? So we're going to start in verse 1, and we're going to read down through verse 16, and then I'm going to go back and show you some things about this. It says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech, of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. However, we speak wisdom among you who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. Verse 9 says, But as it is written, eye has not seen nor ear heard nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But, verse 10, But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit of who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. And everybody said, Amen. And everybody's like, what did Apostle Paul just say? That's what I want to talk about. Um, Apostle Paul is trying to teach us how to live out of our spirit man, instead instead of living out of our carnal mind. Most people, even good Christian people that are going to go to heaven, we live out of our soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions. We've never taught our spirit man how to be boss hog. And how you teach your spirit man how to be boss hog is you get into the word of God and know what God's word says. And that's how you start training your spirit man. That's how you start renewing your mind. Okay. Now, verse, 10, verse 9 and 10 says this. And most of us have always quoted verse 9. I hear that a lot. But as it's written, eyes not seen nor ear heard nor have entered in the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. And everybody's like, well, we just can't, you know, we just don't understand what God's doing. Verse 10 says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. God wants to reveal what he's doing to you. If you'll just listen. You cannot get revelation knowledge. Now listen to this. This is what a lot of us try to do because we're living out of our carnal minds. You cannot get revelation knowledge into your spirit through the five physical senses, but God reveals things to us by his spirit. In verse 10, where it says, But God has revealed them to us through his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. That, That second spirit should be a small s because that's talking about the human spirit, not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit already knows all the deep things of God. Our spirit, man, is trying to search all the things, yes, the deep things of God, because God is trying to reveal them to us through his spirit. 
Everybody see that? Okay. So stay with me. Okay, verse 11 says this. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him, even so no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. So what this verse is saying, what the Apostle Paul is saying, is that God's spirit knows all about God, and your spirit, your spirit man, knows all about you. If you get your spirit in contact with God's spirit, then you have tapped the source of all knowledge. Okay, all right, stay with me. Verse 12, it's because we're talking about the heart being the production center. Verse 12 says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So after you sow the seed into your heart, the seed of God's word, now listen to this, okay? Even while you sleep, your spirit searches for the wisdom and revelation of God in regard to ways and means to bring that seed to production. Even while you sleep. God's at work even while you're sleeping. You may not think it, but he is. Everybody said? Amen. All right, verses 13 through 14. This I'm getting excited. I don't know about you guys. All right, verse 13 to 14. It says, These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So we don't gain revelation. I want you to understand this. We do not gain revelation knowledge through the carnal mind. It comes into the human spirit by the Holy Spirit, and the human spirit or heart of man is the production center. That's how it comes. Verse 15 says, But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. What does that mean? This is what that means. As you start walking in this, you're going you're gonna to start, and this, this takes practice, okay? We're talking about practice. You gotta, I, I hate even using that word, but... I'm not going to say practice. I'm going to say this has to become your lifestyle, okay? So your human spirit, your human spirit may pick up things about other people that you do not understand with your natural mind. And you got to pay attention to that. You can pick up good things and you can pick up bad things. So if you've ever been, and some, some of you have operated in this and you don't even know it. I mean, you finally, your spirit man has started waking up. I mean, right when you got saved, your spirit man woke up. But now we've got to train it, right? So you sense some things, not through the five senses, and you don't know how you know, but you know that you know that you know. <laughs> and some of you have walked in that and don't even know that you have. And some of, and we, 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 some of us say, oh, it's a gut instinct, or I had this intuition. No, let's, if you're a child of God, that was the Holy Spirit talking to your spirit and protecting you or saying, yes, this, was, this is a good business transaction. That's why you take everything to God in prayer because you don't know. You know, don't, don't, try to, don't try to make decisions based off your carnal mind and your five senses. Take every decision to God, every kind of decision, every decision. And, and just listen to him and that, you know, your, grand, your grandparents had some good wisdom to sleep on it. You know why you sleep on it? Because God talks to you in the night while you're asleep about things. He may give you the nod and he may say no, you know. And sometimes, there's sometimes he'll say, say no to me and I was like, I want to know why, God. Because in my five natural senses, it looks pretty good. And God's like, mm. like I said, I want to know why. He's like, mm. 
And he's just like, and there's times that he's told me, and there's times that I just got to know when he's just like, Mark, do you trust me? Listen to me. Walk with me. This is how you, this is this walk of faith. See, guys, you can use this every day of your life. This is not some, I'm not up here teaching you some hocus pocus stuff, all right? This, this is how we're supposed to walk in this world. We walk in the spirit and not after the flesh. And everybody said, amen. Verse 16 says, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. We gain knowledge of the mind of Christ by the Holy Spirit through the human spirit. So that's how we connect. So now, now what I want to do, okay, we went through the first Corinthians chapter two. Now what I want to do is put this all together, okay, what we've just been studying. The heart of man, which is your spirit, is referred to as soil, right? That's what Jesus said. And that was in Mark chapter 4, verse 26, and in Luke chapter 13, what we just read. It is where you plant the seed of the word of God so it can produce in your life. And when you speak words, you're sowing seed, good or bad. And when you're speaking the word of God, you're sowing the incorruptible seed of the word of God. It's incorruptible. I mean, the seed don't fail. Seed don't fail. That seed will not fail, yet it is possible for your action or your inaction to cause a harvest failure. That's where we, you know, our human uh, flesh, we get in the way sometimes. So the seed will not fail, but what we do with the seed could cause a production failure, and we, don't, we do not want that to happen. So what does that mean? It means you're going to have to work at it. Look at somebody say, you're going to have to work with God. You're going to have to work with God. It's just, no, well, just God just spoke this over my life, so therefore, you know, um, I'm just going to sit back and wait on it to happen. No, God needs you active. God needs you in the, in the story with him. And so this is Proverbs 22, verse 13. It's a very good scripture. It says, the lazy man says, there's a lion outside. I shall be slain in the streets. Well, duh. How about you run, buddy? You know, I, I mean, really, you know, when you read that proverb, you know, there's, there's other options. How about not go out in the street? How about take another path? How about, you know, but this is the lazy man. And what this is saying is the lazy person isn't going to do anything. He doesn't even run. He prophesies his own doom. I met with a guy years ago when I was, had started in ministry, and I met a guy um, who was at home. He had several children, and, and his wife was working herself, you know, three, four jobs. And uh, I found out this guy was at home. And I thought, well, maybe he's sick or something's going on. So I go to his house to visit him. He's sitting in a recliner watching TV, and I said, man, what are you doing? Why aren't you out looking for a job or whatever? He said, oh, Mark, I'm just waiting. I've been praying, and I'm waiting on a management position. I'm like, wow, that's a lazy man. He needs to be out working. you got to put feet. You know, God may have spoke that to him, that you're going to have a man, but you may have to start on the bottom of the totem pole and work your way up. Amen? That's how the kingdom works. But he was just waiting around for his ship to come in, and he's never even put a ship in the water. Amen. Okay, I'm going to get off my soapbox here for just a second. So he prophesies his own doom. We've got too many people living in this world today that are entitled. And, and you've, got, you've got to work with God. God wants to bless his children, but you've got to work with him. And those who don't act on the word of God are doing the same thing. What I just read in Proverbs 22, verse 13, you're just being lazy. And God's like, and you're sitting around going, I'm waiting on God, I'm waiting on God, I'm waiting on God. And God's like, nope, I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. I need you to do something. I need you to get to work. This is why the apostle Paul told Timothy this. 
says, This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. Meaning you're going to have to fight for whatever prophetic word that God has spoken over your life. You're going to have to fight for it, for it to come to pass. And everybody said, Amen. Okay. Now, I'm going to show you this illustration. The title of this message was The Thermostat of Hope. So I want you to think about your house. I want you to think about your thermostat. If you got central heat and air, and and um, you know, and I like setting mine on cold. I like, I mean, I like it. You can hang beef in my house, you know. And, and <laughs> can't we, babe? Yeah, Jody's like, I, she's finally gotten used to it. Uh, but I, I just like it cold because I sleep better. Everything's better when it's cold. I don't like it when it's hot. And um, so, in this illustration, you set your thermostat to what you hope for. Well, just give you a situation. If the house is 90 degrees, that's what the, the thermometer says. It's 90. But I want it to be 70. What do I set the thermostat to? 70, right? Okay. Does it go to 70 just like that? No, it's going to take some time before it gets there. But is it going to get there? Yeah, if my central heat and air unit's working right, it's going to eventually get there. So you set your thermostat to what you hope for, then you always speak your hope, okay? Your heart is the heat and air unit. That's where your heart's at. The heart produces when you put a demand upon it. So I put a demand upon that central heat and air unit that I want it to be 70, so that's all that it knows. So it's working to get there. It's working to get night and day. It's working to get to, to 70 degrees for me. The so that's what's going on with the central heat and air unit. That's like your heart. The electricity is the energy from that thermostat going to the heat, heat and air unit to create all this to happen. So the electricity is the energy required to make it happen, and your faith in God is the energy or the electricity. Is that making sense to anybody? Now, here's something else that goes with this that you, we kind of throw to the side. How many of you got an air filter at your house? I encourage you to go home and change it today. In fact, I've got a I've got a notification on my phone. I put it for the tenth of every month to to <laughs> this is, this is probably TMI, but to to change my air filter and to throw that little that little package of stuff down my septic tank. All right, there you go. There's the TMI, and to to make sure that I'm doing that on a monthly basis, and I put that in my phone on the tenth. But the filter <laughs> the filter in your house is your mouth, is your tongue, the filter. Because if, if that filter gets dirty, even though you've got the thermostat set at 70, it's, it may eventually get there, but it's going to take a long time, and, and it may never get there, you know, because it's so dirty. And so we're going to have to watch our mouths. Look at somebody say, watch your mouth. So there's a lot of things in this equation. It could be your mouth. It could be your faith. There's a lot of things going on, all right, in this situation. But the heart always produces what it's set to. So we want to set it to the good things of God. We want to set it to the word of God. We, and so you can take this on the negative side. If you're constantly speaking fear, that's what you set the thermostat to is fear. So that's what's telling your heart, and that's what's going to be manifesting in your life is fear. We, we want to change that. We want to put God's word in there and set that thermostat to what we're hoping for to happen. And so here, here's a, I'm going to just throw this in there with this. Is so. Let's take healing for example, because I've had people say, you know, 
well, you know, you believe in that faith healing business. Yeah, I do. I do. I sure do. It's in the Word of God. And let me show you how this works in this thermostat example. Because I've had people come up to me and say, you know, well, when you're sick and you're, 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 you're praying for healing over yourself, you're just, den- you're just walking in denial. You know, you're, you're lying to yourself. And I'm like, no, no. Okay, go back to this example of the thermostat. You go into the house, it's set at 90, but I want it to be 70. I go in the house, I'm sick in my body, but I want to be healed. I set the thermostat to healing. And I hold it there until I'm healed. But a lot of people, they, they, and they say, no, you're just lying. No, I'm not lying. Yeah, it's, yeah, I'm sick, but I'm setting the thermostat to healing. And I'm telling my heart I'm healed and I can get there. I'm going to take this a step further and this may blow your mind. I know of a pastor that was, uh, he would get sick with, when he'd go out, he liked to deer hunt like I do. And so he would get sick with, he, he not sick, he'd get poison ivy, right? Okay. You know, like we were like, stay away from poison ivy, bud. You know, well, not all the time you know where it's at. And so he, this is what he did. He's like, I like to hunt so much, and every time I go out, I don't even know where the poison ivy's at, but it, like the wind can blow and I get it, you know, kind of a deal. So he set his thermostat to healing from poison ivy. And, uh, but he would still get it every now and then. You know, he still got it every now and then. He said, nah, I'm not setting, I'm not just finally, I'm not coming off of this and saying, well, this is just something I'm going to have to live with. I kept the dial set to healing. And there was times I went hunting and I got it. And guess what I did? Calamine lotion. You know, I took care of myself. I did did all the healing things. And he said, but I kept the thermostat set to healing. And finally, one day he walked away from that. I don't remember how long it was, but he walked away from that situation where he says, I never get poison ivy anymore. Because he set that thermostat to healing And it worked in his heart. Okay. Now, this works for the good and the bad, guys. So this is why Jesus said in Matthew 12, verse 35, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. Even if you're a Christian, your your heart can be bad because that's all you're programming it to do. So you got to do the, you know, change. Here's, Here's the... The scripture on your mouth, the filter is your tongue or your mouth. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, your, your, your tongue can deceive your own heart. Okay, let me go back to the thermostat. Just like in your house, that filter is, represents your tongue. If that filter is dirty, it's deceiving the unit from going to 70 degrees. It's never going to get there because it's dirty. Everybody got that? So we've got to keep our filter clean so, so that, that your tongue can deceive your own heart. This one's religion is useless, so your tongue can deceive your own heart. Mark eleven twenty three. If you've ever been around, you know, I'm teaching you about faith this morning, and this is one of the big faith scriptures that Jesus taught. He said, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this, says to this mountain, says, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. I love this about what Jesus said. Mark 11 is not a one-way street. And I love this about Jesus. Jesus only taught us how to operate faith on the positive side. He didn't want us to operate the principle on the negative side. But it does operate on the negative side if that's all you're speaking over your life. So believe that those things you sow will come to pass because the saying is 
the sowing. Everybody say, the saying is the sowing. The saying is the sowing, and you've got to sow the Word of God. So hope is the thermostat for your heart, and hope causes you to speak the promise, and fear causes you to speak the worst of everything. I know some people that are so... The spirit of fear, guys, causes a lot of us to not walk in faith. And so what happens is, and some of us have been programmed our whole lives. We grew up in homes that was just fear-based. Everything is fear, everything is fear, everything is fear. So we're sitting over here, and we know what we're supposed to do with that thermostat, but we go from, we go from 60 to 90 to 70 to 80, and everything's out of whack, and we wonder why it's not working. And what you got to do with your hope is you got to set that thermostat and then renew your mind according to the word of God. And when the enemy tries to come in with fear, nope, the thermostat is set for healing. Nope, the thermostat is set that I'm the head and not the tail. I'm the lender, not the borrower. I'm above and not beneath. That's where the thermostat is set. And every time, you know, and there might be a life circumstance happen that causes you to fear. Nope, my thermostat is set, is set. Look at somebody say, my thermostat is set. When you walk out of here today, my ther- you're not going to go be running over there to the thermostat, jacking it up to 90, jacking it back down to 60, and then you're wondering why your heart's all messed up and the filter's clogging up and everything is just going haywire. And you blow a fuse and the whole unit goes kaput. Amen. Everybody learning something today? You want to set that thermostat and keep it set and then keep renewing your mind according to the word of God Amen. so you can keep your heart working to get that there. And I promise you, Here's the deal. It's not just working in the daytime when you're awake. It's working. Jesus said that. It's even working at night while you're asleep. Your spirit man don't, does not sleep. Amen. Your spirit man is still trying to connect with God and get all this stuff coming to you that you need. Guys, that's some good teaching. This just I'm, I'm getting chicken skin as I'm sitting up here. You know, I'm ready to go home and take my nap so God can work on me. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So these things are not, and this is the other thing that Jesus taught in those kingdom principles. So I hope you picked up on these things. These things are not going to happen overnight. Okay, now in this situation, you're going to experience some suddenlies and, and all those things. And I believe in suddenlies and they're through the scripture. But this kingdom principle that I'm teaching is not going to happen overnight. It takes time. It is a process. And I want you to hear this from this pastor this morning. This is not a fad this is a way of life that Jesus taught. And you see it in nature just like you see it in the spirit. Jesus said, the Lord said, God said in Genesis 8, verse 22, I believe it is, there's always going to be seed, time, and harvest. The same thing happens in the spirit. There's going to be seed, there's going to be time, and there's going to be harvest. So during that time, that's where that scripture comes in. For you, Brandy, it's for all of us today. Don't let your heart get sick. Don't, don't let the, realize that, that hope is deferred right now, but keep that thermostat set because it's coming. That desire is coming. That desire of 70 degrees is coming. That desire of fall is coming. Keep the thermostat set, all right? It's coming, but you got to keep the thermostat set. So I, just as your pastor this morning, I, want, I, I hope this has encouraged you but I don't, I don't want you to leave here saying, my gosh, I am messed plumb up. You know, I'm living plumb out of my carnal mind, and, I, you know, and I'm not living out of my spirit. And it's, Guys, we're all in training, and I don't have this all figured out. I'm still working this out in my own life. But start where you are, use common sense, operate on your level of faith, confess God's promises daily, 
and your faith will grow and your productivity will increase. I guarantee it because that's the kingdom way. And everybody said amen. Everybody learned something today? Amen. All right, I don't want everybody to bow your heads this morning and just want to make sure that everyone do this every Sunday, make sure that everyone here knows Jesus as their Lord and Savior, making sure that everybody that's online does as well and whoever listens to this on podcast or on the radio. And so I want the honor and the privilege of leading you in a prayer because the Bible says that, um, it says how you uh, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. And so I want to lead you in this prayer of salvation. And even if you are saved today and you know it, I want you to repeat this prayer with them. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I believe you are the Son of God. And you died on the cross for me and rose again on the third day. Please forgive me of my sins and create a clean heart in me. Renew my spirit so I can hear your voice. I accept you as my Savior. You are my Lord. Thank you for saving me. And everybody said amen. Amen. If that's the first time you've prayed that um, or you, you haven't ever done this, your next step of obedience is following the Lord in water baptism. And we can do that next Sunday. Maybe you've done it in the past and you feel like, you know what, Pastor Mark, I need to do it again. Um, I've baptized people two or three times. We'll do it till, till it takes, amen? <laughs> and so if you need baptized again, just let me know, and we'll, we can get that done for you. But I want everybody to stand up. Jada, will you come up here with me? And we're going to speak a blessing over you. Everybody learned something today? Everybody know where to set the thermostat at? Okay. All right. We'll speak this blessing over you all today. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you, and may the Lord give you his peace. May the Lord bless your going out and your coming in today. May the Lord anoint you to fulfill the divine destiny that God has given to you. May everything that is brought against you be crushed by the protection that God himself shall provide. May you be blessed in your health. May you be blessed in your relationships. May your children and your children's children be blessed because they are the heritage of the righteous. From this day forward, as you submit yourselves to the Christ of the cross, may your lives be filled with joy that is unspeakable and full of glory and with peace that surpasses all understanding. May your home, as the word of God says, be as the days of heaven on earth. In Jesus' name, we pray and ask it. And everybody said, amen. Look at somebody and say, I set my thermostat to hope. Amen. When I was 